Well, we're continuing our series, Simply Christmas, and um, the greeting question we had today was, you know, hey, if you could know something in the future, pick something. What would that be? And I'm, I'm guessing you got a variety. I mean, it took, actually, I didn't have a good answer when I asked the question. Um, and so someone asked me, well, you go first. I'm like, I don't know. Uh, it's a hard question. Um, um, but but it's, it's really sort of interesting. Um, I got some great answers, though, you know, um, you know some, you know, like, my answer was not a great answer. My, my, my answer, you know, was like, hey, well, I'd, I'd love to know, wait, I'm an Auburn fan. I'd, I'd love to, I want to know an Auburn game that we, like, come back and barely win, and it's just dramatic and awesome, so I can be there. <laughs> you know, so I can get the tickets and be there. That's what I want. I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Um, I had someone else say, hey, I, I, I want to know how I'm going to die. When and how I'm going to die. I'm like, well, okay, that would, that would definitely, a, yeah, that's, 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 that'd be helpful information to have. So, so, yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> and then it's someone, else, someone else said, you know, I, I, I'd like to know actually who I'm going to marry. That just saved me a lot of hassle <laughs> with dating and stuff. I'm like, brilliant. I mean, that's, that's, like, that's a good answer. I mean, you guys thought better than I did. You know, so, so thank you for getting better answers than I could give. Um, but the future, if we know the future, if we know something that's going to happen out there, it can affect how we do things now. Right? If there's something in the future we're committed, even if we can't predict the future, but there's something we're committed to, something we're working, something we think, yeah, this is this is it. It affects what we do in the meantime. And I mean, no matter what what it is, if you have a goal in life, I want to be this. This is where I'm going. Then you're going to work there. The the outcome, the goal, something that we're, we're we're focused on affects what we do in the here and now. You know that that's you know. Guys that are, you know, you're, you're, who are in school. Let's say, let's say you're in, you know, say you're in high school. You're, you're, you're thinking, hey, you know, my, my GPA might affect college, so I, <clears throat> I might need to study. You know, I, might, I need to, well, on the ACT, so I'm probably going to take it several times. Or, or you know, you're, you're in college and, and you're taking classes, like my GPA affects my scholarship. I want to stay in school, so I see myself graduating, um, and so I want to do well. Or, or you know, I, I want to marry this type of person, so I probably should become this kind of person to attract the kind of person I want to marry. Um, and so, so there, there are things that we think of, we think of our careers. I want to move up in my career. I see myself not always being the entry level. I see myself in management, upper management. And so I want to act. It's important for me to act a certain way at work and to perform a certain way to make those you know, progressions. You know, or I have children. And I desire for my children to, to grow up in, in a way that is helpful for them and honoring to God. And, and so, well, that's going to affect how I invest in my kids and how I treat them and et cetera, et cetera. The, the, our, our future, what our goals are out there affect how we go about doing things now. And what I want to talk about today is at this Christmas season, um, you know, we, we focus on the birth of Christ and we sort of back things up to when he came. And we celebrate his birth. But it's interesting, in the Old Testament, when they, when they predicted Christ's birth, we, we, read, we talked about last week about you know, a virgin will give birth to a child. This is you know, hundreds of years before Christ came. They talked about this child, Emmanuel. And then we're going to continue on chapter 9 where it gives all this description of this child who is coming and what this child will be like. But the picture is of the future of, of their day, hundreds of years, and it's even the future of our day. So we're going to look at the passage today and see that there's this future out there that is unbelievable for those of us who are in Christ. The future is incredible for those of us who are in Christ. So let's join in now. 
In Christ we have an incredible future. Let's join in now. Let, let's make decisions in light of that now. Because that is our future and the future is incredible. Okay, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, last week we talked, we were in Isaiah 7 and 8, and we had that passage that talked about um, just in the midst of the messiness of life, we put our hope in God, and we talked to the story of how you know, the, the prophecy came about the, 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 the virgin will be, you know, will give birth to a child, and Emmanuel, God with us, and how that, that salvation that God was offering to this nation of Israel that was led by an awful king, doing awful things, he offered him salvation, and they just, he just sort of declined. No thanks. And so some judgment came, um, and, and they sort of missed out. And so, so what happens as the story in Isaiah goes forward, in this chapter, he's pointing, he says, okay, you missed out, you didn't take my salvation, but one day, one day, salvation is coming, and I'm going to bring it. And it's going to come through this child. And what kind of child is he going to be? This child is going to be like no other. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at this future that we have, this incredible future we have in Christ, and sort of compel us to join now. And so I, that, that's, what I, that's what I want us to say. I want us to, say, hey, I want us to draw us a picture of what this future is and how real it is and how incredible it's going to be to inspire us to say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to live in light of that now. I'm going to take advantage of that now. I'm going to, I'm going to experience the part of it that I can experience now in light of where I'm going and what, I, what, what, I, what I'm going towards. So just as, just as we, when we know the future, we want to make decisions in light of that, that's what we're going to look at, our future in Christ and how we can make decisions in light of that now. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah chapter 9. If you don't, that's fine. It'll be on the screen. Um, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 7. And so I'll go ahead and read it. He says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. So what he does in this story is he begins by, by sort of saying, hey, this, this situation, this mess, this darkness, this, this, this painful situation you're in is going to end. And hope is going to come. So he describes that in the first few verses. And then he talks about how, how it's going to come and just, and just totally reverse the situation that they're in. And it's all going to happen because this child will come. And what a child this is. God himself is coming to rule and reign forever. And God's going to accomplish it. So that's what the passage is telling. So, so as we look at this, we're going to say, hey, our future in Christ is incredible. 
So let's join in now. Let's join in now. Okay, well, I'll walk through the passage a little more closely. But the first few verses, I'm sure you guys are experts in Zebulun and Naphtali and Galilee by the nations, right? That just brings so much to your mind that you're just, you can't wait to share. Right? Okay, no. So, so what, what's going on here? If you remember, last week we talked about the, that Israel was under threat. Israel was in two parts. Judah's the southern nation, Israel's the northern nation. And they, they and the country of Aram were threatening them. The nation of Assyria was on ascendancy in the world front. And they were threatening them. So what they're saying is, the northern parts of Israel, that's where Zebulun, Naphtali, that, that, that's north of this, you know, the Jordan River. The, uh, if you go north, the top of that's the Sea of Galilee. And then it runs down to the Dead Sea. So he's saying above the Jordan, up there by the sea, Naphtali, Zebulun, that, that's the exact area where they're under threat. That's where they're in fear of being invaded by the northern kingdom. That's where Assyria came over and came down and took over all the way right up. And that's where eventually, you know, Persia came in and destroyed. So that, that, that's, that's the area. So they're saying this area of, of deep darkness and gloom. He goes, in the future... He will honor Galilee of the nations by way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of the deep darkness, a light has dawned. This place where you are scared to death, this place where you are, are, are just, you know, that you're trying to make all sorts of plans to avoid the destruction that's coming from this very area, hope, light, salvation is coming. Now, do you remember what town that Jesus sort of was raised in? Anybody remember? Nazareth. You know where Nazareth is? It's right up there. It's due west of the Sea of Galilee. So, so this is, so that's when Jesus came, when this light came, and then when they have this hope, that's what happens. And look how he describes it. He says, you have enlarged the nation, increased their joy. So instead of them being overtaken and overrun, and their land shrinking, he says, they rejoice, they have joy. So instead of being in fear and despair, they have joy. And then he says, they, the, the, and warriors, you rejoice as in harvest time. Instead of having their harvest plundered, they have harvest. He says, and, and warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder of victory. You know, instead of us being scared of being overtaken, you're going to be victorious. So it's, a, it's a total reversal of their current experience. Because that's what's going to happen one day. So he looks at that current circumstance and said, this is not going to be this way anymore. Now think about that. Think right now. We all, we talk about like our lives are messy. We have all sorts of problems and issues. Every one of us. I mean, we, we did sort of an exercise in our life group today. Did everybody go around and say, you know, one word that describes your life right now. And we're a pretty transparent group in there. And so we had stressed, train wreck, exhausted, um, stretched, um, a lot going on. We had a blessed, which was good. <laughs> we had a blessed in there. Um, but our lives are messy. And they're complex, and they're confused, and they're often out of control. But you know what? One day that's going to end. And one day in the very realms and the very areas where we feel stressed, the very, the very areas that we feel most out of control, the very areas that we feel most vulnerable and at risk, God is going to bring peace and provision. Isn't that incredible? That's what we have to look forward to. One day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, a physical existence, and it's going to be beautiful. Beautiful. 
Wow. So then, then he goes on to describe it some more. Verse, verse 4 he says, just as in the day of Midian's defeat, and you guys all are real familiar with that too. You're like, oh, Midian's defeat. I know that one. When and where, boom, got it. Well, I didn't either until I looked it up. That's the story of Gideon. That's an awesome story. That's like when God whittled down the whole army to a couple hundred men, and through his provision, through God's action, they defeated an army of over 100,000 people, of all the eastern peoples that were attacking them. So he goes, For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered, this is what God has done, he has shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle, every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. I mean, they were under military threat. You know, as a nation, we're, we don't face that that often. We don't really have people invading us. But for much of the world, that's a very real fear. And we've experienced it more in the last couple of years because we've seen the refugee crisis. We've seen people driven from their homes because of war. We see the constant bombing of Syria. And people have nowhere to go, no place to hide as bombs fall all around them. That's the experience of humanity. So when he says, there's coming a day when the oppressor's rod is broken, where the yoke of oppression is gone, where all the instruments of war will be useless and worthless and just burned because they will not be needed anymore, most people go, oh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine a day where I'm not under threat. I can't imagine. That's a future that we have. That's what's going to take place in the new heaven and in the new earth. Well, how and why? How does this come about? And he says in verse 6, For unto us a child is born, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. In other words, this child, he's referred to the child a couple times in 7 and 8 about Emmanuel, he will come. And now he starts telling who this guy is, what he's really going to be. Because he's going to be in charge. He's going to be in charge. He's going to run things. And what's he going to be like? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. That's the ruler I want. That's the ruler I want. Wonderful counselor. And actually, that translation is a bit awkward. It's actually two nouns. It, it, it actually is like miracles and counselor in the sense of advisor. It's not counselor in the sense of someone who like talks you through a marital difficulty. It's a counselor who advises or gives, gives input. It's, it's, it's almost, it, it almost can be translated like, this is the leader who has miracles and wonders in store, in plans for you. I mean, that's what this leader, he, that's, that's who this leader is. Then it goes on, mighty God. This leader has the power of God himself to accomplish things. This leader is the everlasting father. We don't often think of a, of a leader and a king as a father, almost never. But this, this king is like a father figure, a perfect father figure to us. And he's everlasting. Everlasting. 
And then he's the Prince of Peace. He's the ruler who can actually bring peace and end the chaos and the threats and the struggles that are all around. And that's what he will do. See, that's the future we look forward to. That's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. We think of heaven as you know, just sitting there praising God, la la, and we go, am I going to get bored? No, you're not going to get bored, but there's going to be also a time of a new heaven and a new earth where we will live and have a physical existence and we will have a God and King who reigns in that existence and we will live and have, a, have days in time and have this incredible life with a God who is perfect and overall. Well, the beauty is we can partially experience it now. Because Jesus has come, has died for our sins, and has given us a relationship with Him now. So we can join in now of what we will fully experience in eternity. It's sort of like we can be on the JV team now, and one day we're going to be in varsity. It's like we can be an intern now, and one day we'll be a full employee. It's like, we can date now. One day we're going to be married. So let's experience Him now. Let's come to Him as wonderful counselor. Let's say, God, I believe that You have plans for me. And You are wise and good. So I'm going to trust You. I'm going to follow Your plans for me. I believe you are mighty God and you, and you reside in me through faith. So I believe you will provide and can care for me. I believe you can. So I'm going I'm to entrust myself to you. I believe you are the everlasting Father. That you care for me. So I'm going to lean on you. I believe you are the Prince of Peace. That you can bring order and safety out of the midst of the chaos in which I live. So I'm going to follow you. And it goes on. He says, Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He'll reign on David's throne and over his king, establishing it and upholding it in justice and righteousness from that time forever. And I love the last part. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. He's gonna make it happen. He made the first part happen by sending his son to die on the cross for our sins, to do what we could not do. We couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't get out of our brokenness. And he sent his son to die for us, take the penalty we could not pay. He's given us access to God now. We have forgiveness. We have this relationship with God in the midst of our brokenness now. But one day the brokenness will be gone. And we'll experience Him fully. So that's what we celebrate at Christmas. <laughs> Jesus is born. Emmanuel. The child who has been given. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Let's join Him now. Amen. Let's pray.
Lord, we do thank you. It's, it's, it's overwhelming to think of, uh, of this world without it being broken. It's overwhelming to even think of ourselves without being broken. Because we are. Thank you that one day, one day, you will be recognized for who you are. And we will get to live with you and be ruled and led by you in the perfect design that you've always intended for us. Thank you that we can experience that in part now. Thank you that, 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 that you give us forgiveness of sins and in the midst of this broken world we can experience you. Help us to commit to that. Help us to say, I, I'm so committed to that future. I believe that future is so real that I'm going to buy in now. I'm going to join in now. I'm going to live in that way as much as I can now knowing that that is my future. Enable us to do that, Lord.